This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. What a great day. What a great day. Steve Teal here with Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I've already had a great day. I don't know about you guys out there, Facebook, radio, podcast, but my day is just about to get a little bit better. And it was already great. So I pray and I believe that your day is about to get a little bit better. If you're having a bad day, we're going to take it from bad to really good. If you're already having a really good day like me, we're just going to go ahead and take it up a notch to to great. What's next? I don't know. Craig Dennison joins us today. Uh, I want to say hi to Craig first of all. How are you doing, Craig? Man, you know, Steve, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. My day is going from good to great, too, seeing your, uh, your name on my calendar today. That's good to talk, so I'm excited to be here. I don't know if I believe you. We keep making Craig come on the show. This is your third time on Very Bold Radio and Podcast. You might be at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, I have to go back through my stats. But uh, you're probably tired of getting that email that's saying, yeah, that guy in San Antonio wants to talk to you again, Craig. Man, I'm sorry. We keep telling him, trying to lose his email, but it's not happening. So thanks for being with us again. Oh, so glad to be here, Steve. Yeah, and I love talking to you. I love your thoughts, questions, and the way you go about this is so authentic. So it's really fun for me. Okay, well, that's awesome. The The great thing is I could say a question, but you have such deep and cool thoughts that you just – you just have this way of saying words. So let me let me just tell maybe some of our audience hasn't caught the first two interviews. Uh, Craig Dennison, he really literally, he could, his ministry could be a thousand and one things. Um, and they're all beautiful and all a gift from God and a gift for people around the world. But First 15 is a community of 1.5 million people at least. Again, those are the numbers I see, but I know there's other platforms. And so it goes into the several millions. And I, even off off microphone, off air, we were just discussing. I was just thinking as I was praying about, man, when Abraham looked at the stars and, and God said, go ahead and start counting. You know, Your descendants are going to be like that. Your blessing is going to be like that. And I think about 1.5 million people that Craig Dennison and his family and his ministry have blessed. Uh, tell us real quick before we're going to talk. Okay, now I just got to tell people, my worship leaders – and my worshipers do not go away because they've got an exciting new thing we're going to talk about. But, Craig, give me just kind of the summary of what First 15 is before we talk about the First 15 worship. Yeah. Oh, man. Thanks for asking, Steve. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited for the conversation. Yeah, so First 15 really was birthed from life transformation for me where I was at a low point in my own life. and. Mm. Uh, finding the rhythm of spending meaningful time alone with God radically transformed every part of my life. And so wow. in 2015, I had the chance to start this platform, uh, really as a guide to help other people go from this place of wanting to meet with God, but seeing that desire come to fruition with this free daily guide to God's presence that we call First 15. Yeah. And I was about to pull the plug before we launched it. What? Uh, right before January 1st of 2015. I was, I'm not a super confident person. I don't walk around the earth feeling like <laughs> I've got a bunch of really good stuff to say. And <laughs> but I you do. And so I, uh, I was about to pull the plug. Wow. And my wife, Rachel, that said, you need to pray and ask God what he would say. <laughs> you know he's called you to this. And wow. it was really when I prayed, I really sensed the Lord say directly to me. He doesn't talk to me this way very often, but really system say specifically and directly to me, Craig, if you write this, I'll bring my people to it. Oh my what gosh. I feel like what he said. And so we launched this platform and started putting out wow. daily devotionals. And yeah, now there's all these people around the world that 
use it as one of their resources to spend meaningful time alone with God, which is, you know, scary to me and exciting all at the same time. And so, um, yes, we have a podcast and an app and an email and web and books, and we just want to try to eliminate as many barriers as possible between God's people and His presence. Man, that is so cool. I did not recall, and it doesn't mean we didn't talk about it before, Craig. We've had you on when we talked about um, you going through through this crazy pandemic and COVID and working through some panic attacks and anxiety and things like that. Um, so I'm sorry if we talked about First 15. I don't recall that um, – that you almost like didn't even bring it to life. Like at the end, that's amazing. And then God gave you this like kind of field of dreams moment. It sounds like, <laughs> do you know, sure. you know, the, you know, sure. the movie know without me. And I still don't know fully what it means. He has, you know, all, <laughs> all of his own plans with what he wants us to become. And we're just trying to follow along. But, uh, but man, it's been a crazy ride. And what I, what I feel like I've learned through that is that God always, uh, he loves to fill us as his people with dreams. Yeah and then satisfy those dreams uh, to far greater ways than we could ask or imagine. Yeah. It doesn't always look like millions in numbers. No, you know, it, it doesn't. Like one in a meaningful work. And so it's not about, you know, worldly metrics, I think, is a definition of fulfillment. But right. I think God still does that. He loves to fulfill his promises in meaningful ways. Yeah, I think you make a really good point, too, because I think most of us are not going to, you know, do this thing that God calls us to do and then – a million and a half people plus later. And and I know you're not going to tell me the numbers, but I remember seeing them other places that, yeah, first 15 is 1.5 million, but there's other things that you guys do, Christian parenting and other things. And I feel like it's in several million. But regardless, most of us are going to hear the voice of God, whether it's you know that strong like you heard or it's just a little leaning, a little push from the Holy Spirit. Uh, maybe it's not going to be something that big, but God wants to bless it. I, I don't think it normally is going to be that big, but maybe even today God is just going to put something on your heart. Maybe it's just about sending a text, a friendly text of encouragement to someone. Maybe it's uh, just reaching out to somebody else through a phone call or some other way, an email uh, or in person, and that is going to – that's going to be uh, just a step of obedience that God blesses. So – all right. Anyway, little side sermon based on what you said and your field of dreams moment of if you build it, they will come. People will come. That's that's what I'm feeling, Craig. That's that's incredible. Uh, all right. We've got a couple things to talk about. Our, our main focus is talking about this first 15 worship initiative. And I started going through my head just thinking about the different gifted worship leaders that I know and have talked to on the show, and, and some of them I haven't yet had on the show. And I just thought, what a cool, cool opportunity for them. So, Craig, um, man, tell us about this uh, cool idea. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I yeah. could not be more excited yeah. uh, than I am about First of Teen Worship. So, really, when we started First of Teen, you know, about six years in, uh, every First of Teen has worship in it, because my goal is not that First of Teen is informational, but that it's experiential, mm. that we recognize that God is here and He's with us, and it's a lot less about me talking about God as if He's not here, and a lot more of my, my goal is to invite people to that place of really abiding in God, and I think worship is such a huge gift and the ability to do that. It takes me every day kind of from my head to my heart to my sense of connection with God, and so every first yeah. team already has worship in it every day. Yeah. Typically what we've done is aggregate that worship in from, you know, your most prominent worship leaders or groups, which has been amazing and a gift, but so much of the worship that gets written is is for the weekend, right? It's for Sunday mornings, it's for right. corporate expressions of worship, all of which are beautiful, but what we do is really for the weekday, and we seek to take that experience and 
bring it into your daily experience with God so that it's not a Sunday connection or just a corporate connection, but a personal and daily connection to God. And so what we're launching is this concept. What, we, what we're thinking about is weekday worship. Yeah. How do we have worship songs written specifically for the weekday, specifically for that person sitting in their chair, maybe their Bible's open in front of them, and they're wanting to have a meaningful experience with God. So we have our first project that's launching this month. Uh, tomorrow, actually, our uh, our single comes out called Hide and Seek. You can go to firstatteenworship.org and check it out, or our social media platforms, First Teen Worship, and check out the first single. But we're looking for songwriters and worship leaders and artists to contribute their own original songs in this concept of weekday worship so that we can try to have as much original worship as possible for first of team to go out to all these people every day. Man, that is so cool. Okay. I was on the YouTube, uh, first 15 channel this morning and I, I feel like something's coming out at noon. Maybe I read that wrong or something. Is it possible that something is, maybe it's a sneak peek or something. I don't know, but, um, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's cool. We're doing a kind of a, a staggered launch of the single and then the rest of the EP. And so you'll be hearing, everyone will be hearing more about it throughout the whole month and using it in first of teen as a part of the experience of the daily devotionals in addition to kind of marketing on all our platforms. So kind of staggered sneak peeks, getting some energy created, and then we'll yeah. do the full single launch and then the rest of the album as well. Okay. So we've got worship leaders and friends that are listening. So what are they, what are they going to be thinking? What are they going to do? Um, what's their step? Because I want some of our gifted worship leaders, uh, if they don't have a song that's just already tailor made for something that, you know, you guys are asking for, I want them to go and to pray and to create. So what, what do they do? Absolutely. So you can go to firstofteamworship.org. We have a section there called Become a First of Team Worship Artist, and you yeah. can submit songs. Mm-hmm. And what we're looking for is, I know so many friends. I'm a worship leader. Yeah. Um, my wife and I love leading worship together. And uh, you know, my best plan was being a guitar player in the dark corner of a stage somewhere. And I was working <laughs> really hard at that plan when God kind of directed me more into this First of Team Avenue. Yeah, and wow. I still love worship, love music. All my friends are in that space. And what I've found from a lot of worship leader friends is that a lot of their expression of their time alone with God is actually songwriting. But there's not a place for all these songs to exist. And, you know, we need 366 songs a year to to be able to use, not just a few to be able to release on the album a year or for a church to sing corporately. And so we're looking for a place for those songwriters as they're experiencing God and maybe writing from a place of that experience in a way that's really personal and authentic and even vulnerable, a place where they can submit those songs. So firstofteamworship.org, you can click the link to be able to submit your song, and we're gathering as many songs as we can, curating them, filtering through them to kind of create a plan for how we go and produce those and put them out through First of Team. All right. So um, can we just talk for a second how cool an idea this is? I know you won't, Craig. I know that's not your style. This is such a cool idea. Like I just think 365, 366 songs, um, and I just think an opportunity for a worship leader, a songwriter to share their music. And I know they're sharing them online or, or whatever, but to share them through First 15, which has such a global community, like I just feel like it's both a cool opportunity for a worship leader, but just, man, it's just really neat because, I mean, when we go to listen to worship music, 
we're finding, you know, all these great songs from Elevation and Bethel and Jesus Culture and uh, Upper Room and Maverick City and all these things. But I just think it's really cool that you're giving a platform, an opportunity uh, for some artists that, man, God has anointed um, in songwriting and leading worship, and you're giving them an opportunity. So can I just say that's really cool? That's all I'm going to say. That's not a question or anything, Craig. That is cool. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, and you know, we're so excited about it. I've been kind of sitting on this concept for a few years now, and it's yeah. so fun to see it come to fruition in the way that it is. And I think one of the cool things about it, too, I remember planning worship sets when my wife and I were leading worship consistently. And one of the hardest things is you want to find a song that the words can be sung by a lot of people all yeah. at the same time. So you need something that's you know corporate in that in that sense. But what a lot of what I think people are looking for and needing for the weekday is something that they can sing that's maybe a little more vulnerable, that maybe oh. communicates a little more struggle, maybe communicates even at times oh. some doubt, yeah. um, some some issues they're dealing with, and how God's meeting them with hope in that place. And so we're hoping that first of teen worship, you know, oh. really helps kind of fill this space of maybe you know some more vulnerable songs that just an individual could sing that expresses their experience of God that doesn't have to also answer that call of, you know, what could a thousand people all sing together at the same time? And so mm. I'm hoping there's so much good stuff out there already, but just hoping that First 18 kind of helps meet a need for that real vulnerable expression of personal and weekday worship. So for a worship leader, uh, the challenge sometimes then on a Sunday, I'm asking you because I am not a worship leader and God did not call me, gift me, equip me or anything. He just said, yeah, no, don't do that. Let somebody else who's gifted, anointed do that. But I'm, so I'm asking as a worship leader, is it a challenge because on Sunday morning there's kind of a certain certain songs you need to sort of hit, you need to kind of count on that your corporate gathering is going to get into and you have to sort of steer away from some more of those kind of personal, vulnerable songs of worship? Is that what it, that looks like? You know, at times, and I think every church kind of has a different culture around it, but I know when I was planning worship, I just wanted to pick a song, and that's part of my, my job is to steward these moments, right? Yeah. And I wanted to pick a song that every person in the audience and the congregation could be able to mean the words that they were singing, you know, yeah. be meaningful for them. And that's a hard thing to do because, you know, yeah. thousand people are showing up in a different place. You have some people that maybe don't know God at all. Uh, right. You have some people that are early in their relationship with God. You have some people that show up on fire for God and some people that show up and think, man, I have doubts or I'm struggling or, you know, I'm walking into church and I just spent the last half hour, you know, arguing with my wife in the car trying to get the kids right. ready and I'm stressed and, right. you know, so often it can be tough. And so, uh, you, when when people throw that first song out that says, God, everything I have is yours, and I'm fully in love with you, is the mm. first song. And not everyone's in that spot right then. You right. know, even they're not thinking of doing that way. And so uh, the, that's the real opportunity and power of corporate worship is finding songs that a thousand people can sing and mean together, and that moves them into the presence of God as a, as a community. But there's also this opportunity, I think, for personal, private, weekday worship where someone can show up and have a song that expresses where they are that day. Maybe they're stressed or anxious or right. maybe they you know, are struggling in their relationship, so they have doubts about, is God even there? Is He even listening? And you can express that. You see that in the Psalms, right? And David's oh, own processing sure. of his of its connection with God, and they wrap up in hope. And so we're hoping that the worship that we release kind of is more in that space of what an individual could mean and express on their own. Right, man, that is beautiful. Hey, Craig, what what do you miss about leading corporate worship? 
Oh, st- man, so much. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. Yeah. Because we're trying to decide if we're going to do uh, actual worship leading events around this release. Now that, you know, in some ways we're, we're hoping we see the light at the end of the tunnel and be able to have some more, you know, in-person gatherings and all that stuff. Right. With the pandemic. But my wife and I, honestly, we, we miss the ability to... Yeah. Uh, to be able to, there's something powerful in what I love about when I'm leading worship, and yeah. I both have my eyes on on God and eyes on this room of people, and God uses that, I think, and He speaks to me when I'm leading worship, and He kind of gives me a sense of a direction that He wants the moments to go, and whether it's sharing a scripture, or it's, you know, picking the right song, or trusting the song you picked beforehand is the right one, or even just going back into a chorus, or cutting something and, and having a moment of prayer or silence, the ability to kind of steward this opportunity. What I loved about it is in this, you know, 20-minute, 25-minute experience, the room of people can walk you know, into that room mm-hmm. from all kinds of different experiences, but wrap up that experience in a place of connection with God. And that's what I want to do. I love guiding people to that sense of His presence. That's what we do with First 15. And leading worship was a really beautiful way to do that. With the nature of just busyness and sure. lives and all that stuff, haven't been able to do that as much as we as we really like to do. So I definitely miss it. So where did you and uh, Rachel come on? Uh, I mean, to the the discussion at hand of you know, is this something that you guys are going to do as part of this, or is this something you're you're still trying to figure out and pray through? Yeah, that's a great question. I think we definitely want to do some first of team worship events. We've talked about maybe even doing something that's called like first of team live, where yeah, we like basically it. take the format of the devotional, but have an extended time. So we have worship every day. So an extended time of worship, I offer like a devotional thought, and then we actually lead people corporately into this time of prayer, which I don't think we do as a community enough. And so uh. we've talked about taking that to some of our partner churches, thinking about doing something we call like a first of team live or something yeah. like that and uh, using some of the worship artists in that space or some of us that are on the team leading the songs that they wrote, you know, as, uh, as a cover almost that we've released through first team. So we're looking at that, exploring whether that's, you know, going to be a meaningful way for us to kind of uh, not necessarily expand the growth of first team, but I see it kind of as a deepening experience for people mm. that are already consuming the content. So hopeful we'll get to launch some of those this year. Yeah. As a gifted worship leader, can you help me understand just the the gifting of different worship leaders? Like when you look and I imagine like as a, a preacher, when I hear a preacher, I'm kind of just taking it in a different perspective just because, you know, I preach, they preach. And so I'm thinking, you know, uh, maybe I'd go this way with that. Maybe I'd do that. So as a worship leader, I'm imagining your worship experience is kind of different when other people are leading. Is that is that accurate? Oh, for sure. Okay. And, and songwriting and the, the whole of it. Ah, I yeah. really think that's a lot of what I think God's been doing with me the last few years is I think the way that he intends for us to advance his kingdom is is embodying as fully the way that he's uniquely created us mm. and expressing that as fully as possible in our uniqueness, knowing that we're connected to the global body of Christ and he ultimately the head. And so there's obviously commonalities among all of us, but there's needs to be a lot of uniqueness too. And I look to worship leaders. I have friends that are just gifted vocalists that mm. have a power to their voice. And when I got to lead worship with them, I would say, you're starting the set. You know, <laughs> even if I'm the main worship leader, it's like, mm. you're the one, because I'm more weak and mild. My personality and my voice matches that. And so mm. I feel like my voice fits, you know, deeper into the set where there's this sense that we want to really deepen that sense of intimacy and connection. And I have friends that just can take a thousand people that are walking in small kinds of different spots and say, with my voice in the song, here's where we're going. Come, come follow me. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, and they take people and people follow and they're powerful and they've just opened something up with their worship leading and their songwriting follows that too. And they follow that whether they're at lunch or on a stage. They just are those kind of charismatic, powerful, extroverted individuals. And my wife's that way, honestly. She's so warm and friendly and has a powerhouse voice. And so she mostly opens our worship sets and uh, people just are like, wow. And they, Jump in and follow. And so I love that. I love sitting in worship from all kinds of different people, people that are more liturgical and have a really thoughtful approach to people that are, you know, more charismatic in their worship. And it's, it's emotional and it's, it's, it's this deep and rich experience and powerful experience and everything in between. I, I love it all. And I think that unique expression we all carry is really important. And even through this, we're hopeful to kind of have a lot of different kinds of expression of what worship can look like in the context of verses 15. Yeah. Talk to me. I know you have a very humble heart, but talk to me about your own gifts in worship. Like, because it's a gift from God, it's not like you're bragging or anything. So, I mean, what do you feel like when people come to you and say, man, I was really moved by this or that way? Like, what do people tell you, Craig? What do you hear? Yeah. Uh, thanks for asking. You know, for me, a lot of it actually uh, comes up in the area of being able to do some spontaneous worship. So mm. I find that since I'm a writer, and I often think in that context of creating words and content, oh, that yeah. I would get the sense from God in a moment of, oh man, this song got us to this place, and either spontaneously having a song that comes to mind that captures the moment I think we're in, even yeah. if it was unplanned and leading and singing that. Most of my background's instrumental, so I kind of have an experience base and being able to hear chords and know what they are or hear melodies and know, you know, what notes they are uh, just audibly. And so I kind of carry that into my worship leading yeah. as well as as a writer of words, be able to, if there's not a song that comes to mind, just kind of make up something on the spot that I think captures Come the moment. On. So, Come yeah, on. so that's more my, my space, I think, is in that, you know, middle towards end of the worship set and something that can be spontaneous if needed. In addition to those songs where we just want to express some sort of adoration or yeah. affection towards God, I think my voice is a little more calming and kind of invites people to the place of intimacy. Man, that's cool. You do have a brilliant gift of writing. I mean, I find myself when I'm interviewing you like, oh, man, just say that again, say that again. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just so good. And I know these words are just, you know, they're just coming to your to your gifted mind and uh, it's beautiful. So I, it makes me really interested to watch you and be a part of that worship experience where um, God is just dropping, you know, lyrics and songs in your heart for the first time. That's crazy to me. That's really cool. Thanks, Steve. You know, it's a little bit, I, I got to a place of comfortability with it. Yeah. You know, there's times for it. And then I, as I would kind of try it out, I realized this was not that moment. <laughs> How <laughs> do you think? Figure... It was a moment for this, but it was not. It's mm. an all a learning experience, a failing forward experience, which unfortunately can feel embarrassing in public at times. Sure, <laughs> just sure. the nature of doing it. And as I kind of lean into that, it's really fun to see, you know, the opportunity that is there with a little bit of, uh, a little, well, it's a little bit scary kind of getting to go with it and see what God does. Yeah. So when you would do that, when were the times that you felt like, yes, that was right? You know, how did how could you feel like, yeah, that was right. I did the right thing. I was following the lead of the spirit. How would you know? Yeah, I think part of it is the corporate expression. So part of the, the, the beauty and the fun of leading worship, but also the fear of it is you get direct feedback from people in front of you. <laughs> so, you know, as I'm singing something and I would work with our people that were running lyrics to throw some of them on the screen, if I was doing something spontaneous to try to hear what it is and put it down in words so people can see it and not just hear it. But yeah. 
as I'm doing that, seeing did the congregation follow that? Was that something that was meaningful for them? Some of it's, you know, a personal trust of I, I sense God deepening his presence in this moment, or I sense the band following that. And some of it's too just feedback for afterwards. You know, I've, I've, I would sync up with my pastor after and say, hey, yeah. Let's spontaneous in that moment. How did that feel to you? Do we want to, you know, I've got this something similar in the next set. Do I feel good? And he would kind of give me a thumbs up or, you know, yeah. a thumbs down at times. Thumbs like, hey, down. I feel like, Ouch. you know, that kind of took it over <laughs> or we need to go a different direction for that set. And trying yeah. to be humble with that feedback from people as well that I trust was an important part of the process. Okay. All right. Well, let's just shift a little bit and let me ask you then with a gift of writing music and a gift of leading worship, I mean, this this uh, first 15 worship, I mean, that has to be very close to your heart. I know you have a whole team and staff, but when it comes down to going through the songs, like, I, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but obviously not all of them are going to make the cut. Um, so how, what's the process there? And are you involved in that? And how's that going to work? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have someone that works really closely with me, actually hired him a few years ago to really help run First 15 as my responsibilities were increasing and how yeah. to keep cranking out content. And yeah. uh, his name's Josh Miller. He okay. uh, spent you know about a decade on the road leading worship and writing songs and was signed to a record label and has a lot of experience there. But uh, he and I are very similar. He loves reading the same books and uh, has a real heart for just people experiencing God. And, yeah. and so he's, been a, he's one of my best friends. He co-hosts cool. the First Team podcast, so you can hear him, you know, in that space. We, we did those interviews together, yeah. those conversations together, and uh, so he does a lot of the work of curating the songs that come in. He definitely sends stuff over to me, and we talk about the stuff that comes in, celebrate, you know, the ones that we really feel like God's moving in that fit where we're trying to go. Uh, part of that process is, too, we're really looking for stuff that syncs up with the devotional content. So mm-hmm. on the website, right. you can kind of get some some content around, here's what we're looking for, we call music briefs, right? and uh, you can download those. Some of the best songs we've had has been people that sat down with the Daily Devotional and said, mm. you know, out of this concept, that's the single, it's called Hide and Seek, and it's oh. this idea that God, you know, play, we play this game of hide and seek with God, and He comes after us, yeah. and He finds us, and meets us where we are, and that comes straight out of a devotional that I wrote. Oh, and how so cool. That's a lot of the stuff mm. that we end up choosing, is feel very synced up with the content yeah. we're releasing already, so that's a good way to think about it. If you're to contribute a song, maybe uh, look for something that syncs up with the devotional already, or you can sit down with the music brief and even try to write something new. Yeah, I think that was a pretty brilliant way, too, as our songwriters and worship leaders go on and look at those briefs that you're talking about, the different themes, different monthly themes, different just the, the guidelines that you guys have. Uh, is really cool. It's not just, oh, just send us a song and that'll work. Um, so there's a lot of prayer and thought that went into it on your end that needs to go on, uh, go into it on the end of the worship leader songwriter. So uh, just really awesome stuff, man. I just think it's so cool. Um, all right, Craig, what else do you want to say about that before I ask you about, I just happened to notice the other day that you had a new book that you've written in your hands, Living Intentionally. I want to hear about that as well. Is there anything else about First 15 uh, Worship that you want to tell us about? Oh, that's great. I'd love to talk about Living Intentionally. Last great. thing is, if you want to submit songs, you want to go check out the single, uh, you can go to first15worship.org and uh, hear what we're up to and submit some songs. But let's talk about Living Intentionally. I'd love to do that, Steve. Yeah. Tell me, I mean, I really, I'm coming into this blind, so tell me about the book. What do we got? What did God put on your heart? You know, in the last year and a half, I, I've always struggled with intentionality. I'm not a real uh, rhythms or rules-based person yeah. in general. Okay. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself super disciplined. And uh, 
I think the pandemic showed me, uh, pre-pandemic, I was busy traveling and doing all this stuff. And I think, oh man, I'm just so busy doing all the stuff. Mm. I can't, yeah, I don't have time to be intentional in these other areas. Uh. And then, and when the pandemic hit and those rhythms got removed, I realized, you know, the same desire to distract myself and busy myself is still there. You know, even though these opportunities are removed, I'm still finding things yeah. to do that with. And I realized, you know, maybe there's kind of more of a core issue here than I thought. <laughs> that's not symptomatic of, you know, just the world around me as much as it is something that just has to do with me in this world that we're living in. And, uh, and so I started to really seek, I realized I was, you know, ending my days and feeling like I did a lot of stuff today, but did it really move the needle and had this experience of, kind of my life running me instead of me okay. running my life and right. being intentional with every moment. And I found this this uh, thing called a rule of life that St. Benedict popularized in the oh. fourth century, but has been used by believers for centuries. And there's a lot of people talking about it now, or some people talking about it in the U.S. And uh, it's this old way <clears> that can <throat> become a new way for us to create a system for intentionality for our lives. Leading, leading practices into the most important facets of our life, like spirituality or finances or, or activity or work or relationships or even media consumption. Okay, give me give us an example of what that would look like. I mean, across the board. Absolutely. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So an example for media consumption, I think, is one of the most important ones where so often we, you know, there's this, the founding verse is this idea of if we abide uh, as the branches, if mm. we abide in the vine, then we'll bear much fruit. Yeah. But you see actually that in the process of horticulture, when you look at winemaking, that branches and vines actually don't bear a lot of fruit when they're just left on the ground. They actually need a trellis, a support system, oh. in order to promote that connection and uh, help them get the nutrients they need to bear fruit. Jesus would have known that when he said those words. His listeners would have known that when he was teaching. Um, yeah. And that trellis making is a critical part of winemaking. And I think a rule wow. life is kind of like that, where it's this trellis, it's this support mechanism that allows us to eliminate those things that distract us from producing fruit. So for media consumption, for example, it can be this way where, you know, what, what really system for intentionality do we want around social media, around our TV consumption for ourselves, for our kids, whatever it is, and sitting down and creating an intentional plan for how long we want to spend a day on those platforms, yeah. and then writing those decisions down in a way that's clear and easy to remind ourselves of, and then when it's done best, a trellis doesn't constrict the vine and the branches, but really the vine and the branches only feel it when they get too far removed from it. You don't want to attach them too tightly, but it needs to be tightly enough where it produces support. And I think a rule of life is like that. You know, a system of decisions for media consumption should feel like that. It should feel like something that actually we only feel when it pulls us back to the intention we wanted to have for our media consumption. And that bears true for the other facets as well, whether it's relationships and, you know, who we want to spend the most time with and how much time and yeah. what does that mean for who we want to say we need to say no to or work or activity or our finances, you know, that money doesn't just so often as it's so easy to do fly off the bank account towards these things that we look back and realize like, why did I make these transactions? You know, right. they really add value <laughs> to my life or were they intentional? It helps us create a system for intentionality for our finances. So every dollar goes towards just with our own set of decisions goes towards what we really want our life to look like. Come on, this guy. You, how can you not love this guy? Love it, man. Uh, just, man, just really great stuff. And uh, that trellis thing, I'd never heard of. That is, that is very, very cool. 
Um, all right, let's let's be honest with me, uh, Craig. So you're writing this book, and so you get all intentional, and then the book is done, and you're like, okay, I'm done with being intentional, right? Come on, tell us the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I struggle with this. So I was telling my team this week, you know, I had this daily devotional, and we're helping these people some time with God, and I was like, this week I'm struggling to get, my kids are surprising me, and they're waking me up. I'm struggling to get, like, those oh. first moments of the day alone with God. Like, I really oh. need to double down on doing that, and I'm feeling it. And so, for sure, I feel like almost everything I write, I'm preaching to myself. Right. This book is the same way. It's like, you know, we look back at our, my wife and I do our budget meeting, which we all, we both, both of us are spenders, neither of us are savers. Yeah. So, yeah. we both, like, have to make ourselves sit down and go over, you know, what, what, what did our money go to the last week or a couple weeks? And uh, as we do that, it's been really cool to see as we build a system for intentionality, just slowly, day after day, as we try our best, yeah. it gets better and better, and it becomes more and more natural and becomes something that really is producing fruit. So the last year or so, year and a half since I started this venture into creating my own rule of life and writing this book, it's been really cool to see the fruit that it's born, mostly even in my own life. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And tell me just a little bit, one more example, just that time that you're talking about, whether it's social media or give us an example from your own life where you kind of would could get carried away that you were spending, oh, wow, I spent that much time doing X, Y, or Z, and now you're you know kind of shifting by this uh, living intentionally sort of deal. What, what are we talking about in your own life? Yeah, you know, it's, I'll give you two quick examples. Okay, With great. media consumption, as I'm diving into this, I'm realizing – you know, social media, if I'm just black and white about it, yeah. it's just not good for me. Where it's really good for Rachel, my wife does a phenomenal job with it. For me, I just find that it's just, I'm just not good at it. It, it addicts okay. me, and I have a really hard time getting off of it. Yeah. So I cut social media, uh, actually a few years ago, I cut social media out of my life on a personal level okay. entirely. And I can't tell you what that intentional decision has produced in my life. The other way that looks very different wow. is I'm kind of a hermit of sorts. And yeah. so with relationships, uh, my wife does a good job of kind of pulling me out of the chair away from a book or a journal. And so the, actually the process of my intention around relationships is to create opportunities for me to actually reach out to my friends and people I want to have close relationship with and actually invite them to something with me. Like I'm not typically the social gathering creator. And this rule of life has helped me be the kind of person that says, hey, I'm going to go play golf this weekend. Yeah. You know, I have three spots left. Who wants to go with me? Or, hey, let's hang out by the fire pit. And yeah. who wants to come and grab some dinner? Or, And I'm, I've never in my entire life been that. But I realized I was missing that. And I really? need those close and vulnerable connections. So it's actually got me out of you know, my, uh, my introversion and my hermitness. And it helps me uh, have a little bit closer social connections with people I care about. Okay. So it's just uh, for you a little bit more balance. I mean, you're still, I mean, an introvert, right? So you're not going to just become all of a sudden always out golfing, always out of the fire pit, right? Absolutely. It's just balance. I realized okay. that I was over-indexing on those things and, and I missed, I mean, even as an introvert, I realized I was missing these friendships and yeah. I realized I wasn't really, apart from people I work with, hanging out with anybody except for my kids and my wife and it's just I walk away from those experiences now while I'm tired and I need to recoup and right. you know, have some introvert time to recover. I walk away feeling so fulfilled just knowing people and laughing and having fun and you know, not letting, letting life be all about work and all so serious all the time. It's been a really good thing for me. Man, that's awesome. All right. 
That's uh, Craig Dennison. I want to give you just one last uh, thing if you want to share anything else on your heart and mind, but just want to remind people while you get ready to do that. And you just stuff just comes to your mind just like that. And it's it's always just really awesome. So, But I want to remind you that First 15 Worship, uh, man, I just want to reach out to our worship leaders and say, gosh, I would just love to see what God moves and puts on your heart. And even ultimately, if it doesn't make it as part of the first 15 worship, it's still going to be a gift for you and for us and for somebody. So I really encourage um, and ask you to ask ask Jesus about, man, is there a song that he's putting on your heart? But the guidelines on first 15 worship um, you want to see just because they're really thought-provoking and might help kind of – give you that prompt or that uh, just spur you on towards writing that. And the book is Living Intentionally, A Rule of Life. And as you've heard, uh, Craig, is uh, he's just brilliant with words. And so you know what he writes with his devotionals and his books is just going to be something that's going to make you think and make you pray and maybe encourage you and maybe challenge you. So um, really just appreciate your impact. So, Craig, is there anything else uh, you want to just add today that God's put on your heart? Yeah, thanks so much, Steve, for giving me yeah. a chance. Yeah, I feel like what's on my heart in this yeah. moment is whether you're a worship leader or not, God has created you with a unique plan on your life. Mm. And while there's amazing examples of what, you know, being a, an authentic disciple of Jesus can look like out there, you, the the opportunity in front of you really is to create a sense of for yourself of what your unique life is supposed to look like and grow in self-awareness and embody your uniqueness and express your uniqueness as fully as possible. And there's grace for that. There's a grace to feel forward into that and to try to just be as authentically yourself as possible. But I think that's what the world needs to see from us is believers that don't look, you know, a mm. carbon copy from one another, but are yeah. expressing our individuality and our uniqueness in powerful and true and life-giving ways. And if you're listening to this, I want to encourage you, whatever you need to be able to do that, take some time, whether it's this book or other resources, to hear from God and do some mm. self-reflection and Try to uh, get a sense of what God's calling you to in this season and how you can express that as uniquely and powerfully as possible. All right. That whole unique expression thing, that sounds like your next book. Is that the book you're working on right now? I mean, or is that a book that you've already written? I just am not aware of. I mean, it sounds like something that God's put on your heart <laughs> yeah, that you're exploring. Yeah, or It's getting woven into uh, everything I'm doing. It's a lot of living intentionality has a lot of that. Okay. It's kind of a basic premise of the book. Okay, so I see. That's a helpful one if you're looking at diving okay. into that. Is a lot of the questions help you understand and maybe discover who, how you're uniquely wired, the reflection questions. Right. It's a good place to start, but it's definitely I could definitely see larger works coming from that sentiment for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we're looking forward to that as well. But that's uh, that's great. Living intentionally, a rule of life. I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that. Is that available? I saw it in your hands, but I didn't know if that was like a pre-copy or is it available now? It is available. Yeah, you can okay. go to dot org and okay. go to the store. And you can find Living Intentionally. Uh, we don't sell stuff, but we love to give our books away for a donation. And so, uh, yeah, so you can go and honestly, what's cool is your your dollars are not only getting you Living Intentionally, but they're also supporting the mission of First Fifteen and helping us uh, attract more people to that platform to some meaningful time alone with God. So, yeah, it's a process. dot org. You can uh, make a donation to First Fifteen and get uh, Living Intentionally as our thank you for doing that. Thanks for mentioning that. Just just because I, I forget, like here, your impact is so huge, but you're still reliant upon team members and family. I mean, first 15 family people to make this happen, to make the impact around the world. So thank you for mentioning that. I really appreciate that, Greg. 
Of course, Steve. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on today. This has been wonderful as always. Well, you're you're such a blessing, and we'd love to see God's unique gifts expressed through you and what that means for us and people around the world. So I want to just uh, hold on one sec, Craig, so I can just talk to you off air if you've got one minute to give, and I'll sign off on our podcast if you're okay with that. Sounds great. Okay, all right. I want to remind our listeners today, man, and, and I know he's on the line, but, man, this this guy loved the gifts that God has given him and how that is impacting worldwide, but also just wants to impact you. God wants to speak to you through what Craig is saying and what he's writing through First 15 and through this First 15 worship. I just think it's such a cool idea. So be a part of that. My worship leader friends, I really pray that God is putting a new song in your heart. And if he's already put a song on your heart, you just know, oh, man, that fits with them. I can't wait to see and pray that it is a part of the First 15 worship um, that is going to be coming out. So I'm praying for that. We have got some gifted and anointed worship leaders around here. That's a fact. So I want to remind you, and maybe today that's just for you. You're a little bit nervous about, man, I don't know, just one more submission, one more possible rejection. But maybe it's just a step of faith today. Maybe it's just obedience today. Maybe if it's a yes, if it's a no, if it's a whatever, it's still what God is calling you to do. And think about Craig, what he started with in telling us that he was about to just put first 15, just put it on the shelf, just never mind. And thankfully, through the wisdom of his wife who said, okay, wait a second, listen to God. And maybe you just need to do that today with something that God has put on your heart. You're ready to give up. And God is saying, don't give up. Stay the course. Just watch and see what I want to do. So I want to encourage you. And maybe that is a part of this worship writing, please. Just listen to God and do what he says. And that's a part of what we try to do as well. Sometimes we do it. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's great. But we're trying to do what Jesus calls us to do and be who he's called us to be. And so I go to Paul, 2 Corinthians 3.12. This is why we're called Very Bold, because Paul was able to look at that great hope that we have. Peter called it the living hope, and, and Paul talked about just the hope that we have, inexpressible glory, and he was able to look at that, and then he was able to say this, and this is how I encourage you to be very bold. He said, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold, radio and podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. 